Good evening, Raleigh. It is Tuesday, September 25th, and welcome to this week's Eye on the Triangle. I'm DeAndre Jones. And I'm Jake Langlois, and we thank you for tuning in. This week is Shagathon, so we'll take a little look at a typical night on the Brickyard. Sound bites, and Jake has another movie we've got to see. In addition, nanotechnology and its impacts is having the right the impact it's having right here at NC State, and Dave is back with the holidays of the week. But before all of that, let's see what's up this week in the news and the weather. Dave? Thanks, Jake. Tonight is going to stay partly cloudy with 0% chance of rain and a low of 56. Tomorrow we'll have a high of 83 on a beautiful day with 0% chance of rain and a low of 61. Thursday will only get better with a high of 86, sun all day, and a low of 80, 63. Friday will get up to 83 and we'll be introduced to our first clouds for this week, but luckily we only have 10% chance of rain. We've got a low of 63 again that evening. Now Saturday will be mostly cloudy with a high of 79 and a low of 62. We've got a 20% chance of rain that day, which will move right into Sunday's weather. We're going to see a 40% chance of rain for Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday, so go ahead and pull out the umbrellas and the raincoats. It's also going to get a little colder toward the end of the weekend, and we're ending next week with highs of 76, 72, and 75 on Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday, respectively. We'll be getting down to around 60 degrees each of those evenings as well. And that should do it for this week's weather. Thanks for listening. And back to you. Thanks for that lovely rendition, and uh, thanks for that lovely rendition, Dave. And now we turn to Andrew for the latest in the news. Andrew? Thanks, DeAndre. President Obama addressed the UN General Assembly in New York today, calling for an end to extremism worldwide, saying, It is time to marginalize those who, even when not resorting to violence, use hatred of America or the West or Israel as a central principle of politics. The president also said that the U.S. would do what we must to stop Iran from acquiring nuclear weapons and that an armed Iran is not a challenge that can be contained. In local news, the Wake County Board of Education voted today to fire the district's superintendent, Tony Tata. The board's Democratic majority voted to dismiss Tata, while the board's four Republican, Republican members voted against it. Last week, the Wake County Taxpayers Association filed a complaint with accreditation group Advance Ed over what it calls the Democratic Board's majority, continuous mismanagement, and lack of governance. An escaped murderer, James Ladd Jr., has still yet to be found after walking off a Halifax County prison farm Sunday morning. Ladd, age 51, was serving three consecutive life, ter- life sentences after two murders he committed in 1980. He was denied parole last year after serving 30 years and was scheduled for another review in 2014. And that's the news. Thanks for that, Andrew. Now, not everybody might know this, but NC State is currently one of the leading nanotechnology research institutions in the nation. You know, those tiny robots that will one day take over the world? DeAndre has more. Being that NC State is such an agriculturally heavy school, it is often extremely easy to forget that we are one of the nation's leading research universities in the country. And this has recently been reaffirmed. North Carolina State University will lead a national nanotechnology research effort to create self-powered devices to help people monitor their health 
and understand how the surrounding environment affects it. The National Science Foundation very recently announced this. The National Science Foundation Nanosystems Engineering Research Center for Advanced Self-Powered Systems of Integrated Sensors and Technologies, conveniently abbreviated to ASSIST, is going to be headquartered at NC State's Centennial Campus. We also have another engineering research center on campus named the Freedom Systems Centers. This is a smart grid center formed in 2008. The new ASSIST center will be working with nanotechnology, which is a form of extremely small technologies to help improve human health. And by small, I mean small enough to be worn on the chest like a patch, on the wrist like a watch, or as a cap that fits over a tooth. The goal of all this? To form a self-powered health monitoring device. NC State released this press release on YouTube. The center that is called Advanced Self-Power Systems of Integrated Sensors and Technologies is a National Science Foundation Nanosystems Engineering Research Center. And the focus of our center is to take advances in nanotechnologies that have happened over the last several years and apply them towards uh, addressing the problem of global health. As you know, global health is one of the biggest challenges facing our future, and healthcare costs are staggering. And uh, one of the uh, ways to control and manage this process is to provide better information to the user and the doctor about uh, in an individual's health. And so we are seeking in our center to build uh, hassle-free, uh, comfortable, wearable health monitoring devices that provide the user with their personal health and also at the same time their personal environmental exposure. These systems, the unique feature of our uh, center's devices are that they'll be self-powered. The self-powering will be coming from the human body uh, in the form of heat or, um, or motion. And these self-powering devices will then provide long-term uh, operation, which will then lead to higher compliance and long lifetime measurements of different uh, health and environmental parameters. We expect that these devices will have a significant impact on global health because they will in, in, empower the patient and the doctor to transition from man, managing illness to managing wellness. With the development of devices like these, healthcare can be revolutionized. The possibility of something that small that can collect uninterrupted streams of health data presents numerous uses. People with chronic diseases can help track their own bodies. People with asthma can track the amount of pollutants that they are breathing and more. While NC State is spearheading the effort, we're definitely not the only ones that are putting work into this effort. NC State is leading this center, but we have strong strategic partnerships with several key institutions. Uh, one of them is Penn State University, uh, and the other, another one is University of Virginia. Then we're also partnering with Florida International University. And we also have uh, faculty participation from institutions uh, uh, such as University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill and University of Michigan. We have partnerships with Korea Advanced Institute of Science and Technology. We're also working with Tokyo Institute of Technology and University of Adelaide. The center's headquarters will be housed in the Larry K. Monteith Engineering Research Center on NC State's Centennial Campus. There, ASSIST researchers will develop thermoelectric materials that harvest body heat and new nanosensors that gather heat information from the body, such as heart rates, oxygen levels, and respiration data. In addition, the researchers will find ways to package the technology developed by the center into wearable devices. It wouldn't surprise me if the very common question of who's paying for all of this came to your head, as I know that it came to mine. Well, the answer is equally as impressive. 
The National Science Foundation has granted $18.5 million for the effort over five years, one of the most prestigious and ambitious grants that the organization hands out in all. Knowing all this, we should be very proud to attend this school. For Eye on the Triangle, this has been DeAndre Jones. Shackathon started yesterday, a week-long drive to raise money for Habitat for Humanity. Jake take a look back at last, at, at last year's Shackathon and this unique NC State experience. Unless you've been living under a rock, chances are good last week you noticed what appeared to be a shantytown pop up in the middle of the brickyard. Last week was Shackathon, and no, it's not a celebration of Shaquille O'Neal, as a friend of mine suggested. It's a yearly event where students representing different organizations around campus construct shacks and live in them for a week. It's almost impossible to miss them because they literally camp out in the middle of the brickyard. It's a unique experience where all different kinds of students representing different organizations throughout campus come together for the shared experience of sitting in a shack. And it's all to raise money for Habitat for Humanity. I spent Wednesday night amongst the shacks, just absorbing the microcosm of student life that is the Shackathon. Upon the brickyard, one cannot help but notice the colorful collection of huts and the distinct ways the individual shacks are constructed. No two shacks are alike, yet none seem out of place. It is easy to spot the shacks built by engineers and management majors and those built by English and political science majors. Some shacks are built symmetrically with gentle sloping roofs and proportional doorways. A few even had front porches. Others were little more than a collection of tarps and garbage bags built around a bamboo frame. Out in front of these shacks on a cloudy evening last Wednesday, students could be found doing all kinds of activities. Some were skateboarding, while others did homework. Some picked at guitars, while others played cornhole. of skateboarders took turns doing tricks off a small wooden ramp they had erected in front of the NC Skate Shack, like so many surfers in formation for a wave that never moves. A couple of the skaters got into an argument when one threw the other's skateboard after he'd started too soon after the skater in front of him. A couple of dirty words were exchanged, but that's all. There wasn't much to break the peace on Wednesday night. Elsewhere, a couple of students played cornhole in the fading light as dark clouds began to gather off to the west. It was only a matter of time before it began to rain, but nobody was worried about that. People just sat around, talking animatedly, playing games or singing. Someone had even brought a dog. Someone was holding a costume contest among the different shacks. I saw Aladdin and a couple of Jasmines, Belle from Beauty and the Beast, and what looked like an ordinary student wrapped in a blanket. So you in the contest? Yeah, in the contest. What are you supposed to be? I'm Stu the Super Jew. Very nice. 
Yeah, it can also be Disco Stew the Super Jew. <laughs> so. Stew the Jew? Disco Stew the Super Jew, man. Disco Stew the Super Jew. Finally, it was time for the contest. The participants introduced themselves and were judged by the crowd on who had the best costume. And since each participant represented a particular shack, people for the most part voted for whoever was representing them. So, um, if you want to say what character you are, and then we'll go through and each character can raise your hand if you want to vote for them. Okay. All right, so Jasmine and Aladdin, raise your hand if you want to vote for them. I count 275. <laughs> the contest was easily won by the Jasmine and Aladdin team. But unfortunately for everyone out on the brickyard, the storm had finally caught up and was ready to begin at any moment. it started raining, which then turned into a torrential downpour. Anyone outside in the shacks had to seek shelter inside, which unfortunately meant all activities planned for that night had to be canceled or postponed. Which is a shame, since the brickyard is reputed to be quite an interesting place in the dead of night. For On the Triangle, I'm Jake Langlois, 88.1 WKNC. We'll be right back. Last week, there was a rather unusual discussion as to, of all things, what age is a good age to get married? What do you think? Jasmine, Jean, and Amanda went to find out. Why am I wearing a veil in this crazy dress? You're about to get married, silly. Why the frick am I getting married? I'm only 19. I have my entire life ahead of me, and I'm not even ugly yet. Jean, I don't know, okay? Listen, it seems like everybody is getting married young these days. What is going on? We have to head to campus to see what the Wolfpack has to say about this.
Okay, Pac, thanks for the great advice. Well, marriage sounds all right and all, I think I'll wait for another 10 years or so. For Eye on the Triangle, this is Jasmine and Jean. <laughs> 16, wow. Well, last week, Jake braved another movie. This time, one he considers a classic. This week, The House on the Haunted Hill. in the house on Haunted Hill where so far the ghosts have murdered only seven people so won't you come and make it eight this week's film is one of the granddaddies of all scary movies The House on Haunted Hill is a film from 1959 starring the immortal Vincent Price and really what else is there to say well as it turns out there's a lot This and other movies around this time laid the foundation for the horror movie genre that would flower in the decades to come. Right at the center of this boom was Vincent Price, who throughout his career starred in dozens upon dozens of horror movies, usually playing vampires or some other such role. This time, however, Mr. Price plays an eccentric millionaire who offers $10,000 each to five strangers if they spend one night in his haunted Hollywood mansion and survive. You'll see human heads without bodies. Mysterious pools of blood dripping from the ceiling. The walls move slowly in against you. This is a classic haunted house spook fest. The formula laid down by this film would come to be repeated over and over until Hollywood had it down to a science. The spooky house, the helpless women, the creepy servants, it's all there. Watching it today, it's really not very frightening. The effects look amateurish at best and some of the spooks are downright funny. But looking at it objectively, one could imagine how it might have been frightening to audiences of the 1950s, especially considering how during its release, the film's director, William Castle, actually had skeletons rigged up in the theaters to fly over the audience during certain parts of the film. Theatrical gimmicks like this never really caught on, and it remains a curious piece of cinema history. Vincent Price in this film is wicked. His relationship with his wife in the film is tumultuous, to say the least. At least, if you consider having been poisoned by your wife, tumultuous. He puts the poor house guests through all sorts of frights and somehow always manages to come out on top. His wife and a co-conspirator plan to murder him sometime in the night, and so his reaction naturally is to push them into a vat of acid. Yet for all of the frights, this movie is relatively tame given the time period. By the end of the movie, only two of the original seven characters are dead. This is a far cry from the movies of today, where it's often rare to see more than one survivor. So far tonight, one of us was almost killed by a falling chandelier. One of us has been driven to the brink of absolute hysteria. And one of us is dead. Were these accidents? Suicide? And we must stay here for six more hours. But one thing hasn't changed. The victims in this movie were just as dumb then as they are today. Whether it's going into a dark room by yourself or going back into that room to explore after having been assaulted, the guests at this party had to have been some of the dumbest people Vincent Price could find. The ghosts are waiting, so won't you join House on Haunted Hill? Hooray. With ghosts, schools, and Vincent Price, what's not to love? Ron the Triangle, I'm Jake Langlois.
excellent movie by Vincent Price. This week, DeAndre Jones has reviewed another restaurant. Hey guys, once again, I'm bringing you all the best restaurants in the Triangle. I've been hard at work consuming food and picking the best tasting items to share with the listeners. Keeping up the theme of ethnicity in my food choices, today I'm highlighting a place on Hillsborough Street called India Mahal. Not the best name, I know, but if you are an Indian food lover or even someone who is curious to try Indian food, India Mahal is a must. I myself had never tried Indian food before I went there a couple of weeks ago and was pleasantly surprised. Located at 3212 Hillsborough Street, it is a bit far past Cup of Joe and Pizza Hut. However, if you have a vehicle or know someone that does, please, I oblige you to visit. The food is very authentic and the surroundings of the restaurant are peaceful and comfortable. During weekdays for lunch, there is a great buffet of many Indian cuisines to enjoy. And for dinner, a single entree and a side will run you about 9 to 10 bucks. It won't break your wallet and the food is good. What more can somebody ask for? Check out India Mahal if you're interested in good, cheap, authentic Indian food. And so we are joined once again in the studio by the always lovely Dave and his holidays of the week. Dave? Thanks, Jake. Uh, as far as today goes, we got National Voter Registration Day, so go out and... Well, it's probably too late right now, but, you know, you should have gone out and registered to vote if you hadn't already today. Actually, I don't think it's too late. Is it not? How yeah. Late? I don't know. I'm not I'm not quite sure, but I know that... I'm, I mean, I'm fairly sure that it's not, that this, the cutoff date is, like... Somewhere within the next two weeks, but not oh, yeah, I just mean by like seven thirty, in the oh. in the night. well. If you didn't, if you didn't register today, register tomorrow. I mean, there's no excuse. Yeah, yeah, that's that's what he meant. We'll make, we'll we'll extend it till tomorrow. <laughs> uh, it's also National Comic Book Day today, so if you have any comic books, I don't actually even own any comic books. Really? I think a lot of them uh, they're starting to put online as well. Though. What do you uh, do? You, have you ever read any online. comics? Comic books? I've never physically read a comic book. I have. They've always been like I've never owned any. They've always been like the sort of thing like. That I was aware of the presence of, but I had never really touched when I was a kid. I read The Goon. Good stuff. Nice, nice. Tomorrow is Johnny Appleseed Day, World Maritime Day, and Shamu the Whale Day. So, oh, it's two aquatic-themed... Yeah, and then and then we got Johnny Appleseed thrown in there. Why? For right. so, measure, just... I, I mean, mean, it might be the author's birthday or something. I mean, Johnny Appleseed was a really, like, or really, really... Do we have a... I mean, apples fall. I mean, a, Americana... Why not? Totes. Absolutely. <laughs> but Shamu. Shamu is the most important thing. <laughs> that's, yeah. that's all that so, needs to be said. Shamu, though. How many Shamus have they had now? Like, when was the first Shamu? I I don't know. When was SeaWorld open? You guys will have to look that up. Get that back to us. Yeah, we'll bring it back. Friday is Ancestor Appreciation Day. Okay, that, that's a good cause, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. Appreciate your ancestors, where they came from, where you came from. Right, right. It's fun. It's fun to find out where you came from. Yeah. Yeah, it's actually really insightful. We should. Well, it can be hard depending on where you're from. Yeah. Yeah, and some of those websites cost money too. I didn't know that. Yeah, they mm-hmm. they do. But it's also Google's birthday and it's World Tourism Day. Oh. So you could take a trip, use Google to get there. I guess. Don't be evil, Google. Be thank be thankful <laughs> that Google exists. 
so you can have your maps and your <laughs> oh so images. well not if you have an iphone 5 now oh yeah <laughs> a quick anecdote <laughs> uh did you know that if you type um like say like china or something like that into google it'll tell you when you get when you get to the actual ocean uh on google maps it'll tell you to swim the however many miles like the ocean is wide so like i think i've heard that is that a is that like a joke by google or is that like an actual glitch i i'm sure they put I it highly on purpose. doubt that it's it's a glitch <laughs> <laughs> i'm sure they put it in on purpose as a joke yeah okay so saturday is ask a stupid question day hug a vegetarian day love note day and save the koala day so we got some really good ones in there you're a vegetarian aren't you i am and i love koalas that means jake so. you should have waited until Saturday for that question that she just asked. <laughs> oh, that's funny, dude. Yeah. Hey, hey, <laughs> Sunday. Sunday is National Attend Your Grandchild's Birthday Day. That would be great so, if I had a grandchild. And it, it's also a little biased since it's, you know, that's only one day out of any of the 365 that if you ever have a grandchild, they could be born on. You that's know, true. Exactly. So there's only. Really, that's really like every day. But if you're well, looking at it from our point of view, that means that if you are, if your birthday is on Sunday and your grandparents are able, then they should come to your birthday. That's true. I am a grandchild. We're I am a grandchild. Everyone in the world is a grandchild. Exactly. So if your birthday is Sunday, so you're in luck. It's also National Museum Day on Sunday and National Coffee Day. So I don't drink coffee. What? I actually don't drink coffee either. But museums that. are pretty cool. And they have some cool ones. Um, they have they some, some cool, great ones here in Raleigh. Yeah, they have some cool art ones here in Raleigh. So definitely check that out. They had the was a new science one that they just opened about a year ago, right? Yeah, I went to that new edition. It was pretty cool. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I actually covered that uh, yeah, last that. semester in EOT. Yep. Uh, Monday is Gold Star Mother's Day. So how is that different from I Mother's know. Day? I guess like any mother qualifies for Mother's Day, but you have to be a Gold Star mother to who, qualify. Who determines for, what a Gold Star mother is? I I don't know. I think that's sure. the. I think that's you know, maybe that's maybe that's the point is that like everyone's like, oh, my mother's a gold star. Let's have a second Mother's Day. I think it, I think somebody's mom just made it up. Okay, <laughs> well it's a <laughs> it's national a conspiracy. Holiday. It's so, also National Mud Pack Day. Mud what? I wasn't no. It's Mud Pack Day. Mud Pack. I wasn't sure what a mud pack was, but I looked it up. And it basically means a facial, like with, oh, yeah. with the mud on your face. Uh huh. I yeah, didn't. Yeah, I yeah, didn't yeah. know that. I'm a man. Why does that need a day? That doesn't need a day. Uh, I don't know. Well, so that the that gold star sexist. mothers can have something to reward them. So fair enough. I mean, okay. I, I guess I didn't know that because I'm a man and have not indulged. Sexist, but <laughs> okay. Well, that'll do it for this uh, this week's holidays. Thanks for listening. Back to you, Jake. Thank you, Dave. Now let's turn to Grant to see what events are happening around campus. So you can see. Here's what's going on at NC State. On Wednesday, September 26, expert on Mayan mythology, Dr. Quetzal Castaneda, will be giving a lecture called Sightseeing at the End of the World, putting the end of the world prediction into a contemporary perspective. The lecture will be held in room 216 in Poe Hall at 7 p.m. The movie The Amazing Spider-Man will begin showing in Witherspoon Student Theater this Wednesday and continue throughout the weekend. Go online for movie times. Also on Wednesday, the musical Dirty Rotten Scoundrels will be playing in Stewart Theater of Tally Student Center starting at 7.30 p.m. All seats are reserved, but pick up your $5 student ticket online at ncsu.edu forward slash ticket central. 
On Thursday, Spidey will be joined by Magic Mike starting at 7 p.m. Go online for movie times. Also on Thursday, come here historian and biographer Linda Lear give a lecture entitled Rumbling of an Avalanche, Rachel Carson's Silent Spring at 6.30 p.m. in the Nelson Hall Auditorium. At 7.30 p.m. on Thursday, Professor Wick Haxton will be giving his lecture entitled The Deaths of Massive Stars in Riddick Hall, Room 301. A third lecture will take place this week on Friday, September 28th in Room G107 of Caldwell Hall by Martin J. Slowinski on Stress, Unconstructive Repetitive Thought, and Cognitive Aging. Auditions will be held for the university's production of Alice in Wonderland Monday, October 1st at 6 p.m. in Thompson Hall. Auditions are open to all NC State students. Go online for details and more audition times. And finally, mark your calendars for Saturday, October 13th, when College Fashion Week comes to Mirage Nightclub from 6 to 9 p.m. There will be amazing goodie bags, lots of free food, and best of all, groundbreaking fashion. Get on the guest list by heading over to collegefashionweek.com and registering for a spot. Space is limited, so make sure to act quickly. For more information on these events and more, go to ncsu.edu forward slash calendar. Brian the Triangle, I'm Grant Buckner, 88.1 WKNC. Well, that's about all, that about wraps up all we got for you guys this week. From all of us here to from all of us here at Eye in the Triangle, we thank you for tuning in. And as always, if you heard anything you liked, you hated, or anything that just made you think, let us know on our Facebook page. You can also follow us on Twitter at WKNC underscore EOT. Also, be sure to check out our blog at WKNC.org. Until next week, good night.